Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. My name is Daniel Dobb, joined by Fields Yates and Liz Loza. So excited. Liz, how are you doing today? I cannot believe that you're... Oh, before we get started, Liz, yeah. I got to say this. Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance yeah. can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico. It's also easy to do the show when you are here, Liz. Mm. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I am loving this moody weather. It makes me want to like turn on some Morrissey. Ooh, yeah. so oh. You're the one person that loves this Love it. Yeah, yeah, because I never get it. I know. We are in the middle of a serious, serious rainstorm here in Connecticut. It's going to... You guys... Rainstorm it's December eighteenth. Okay. It's supposed to end. Yeah. Sure, it'll end at Come four on. after about sure. five inches of rain yes. in twenty four hours. So you, you, Liz, guys, you know. need a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. One, if you That's have a Jeep Wrangler, is. not all of us get to rent a Jeep Wrangler when they come across <laughs> yeah. the country. But a it's blue great to, one this yes. time. Oh, really? That's yeah. fancy, huh? Um, so Liz, uh, of course, what happened? I think that the calculus he was with. I think ESPN was like, you know, it's a time of the year in which yeah. we want to make sure that we're rating well, right? Yep. Liz Loza in from Mike Clay. Ratings Bonanza yes. on ESPN2. Thank you for joining Very us. Very sweet. I'm happy to be here. Also, and I was happy to be with you both yesterday as well. Yes. Someone told me the early numbers are extremely high on fantasy football now yesterday. So oh. you decide whether that's correlation or causation. I think it's a little bit of both. Can it be both? I don't Do know. She's the brainiac exclusive? from Brown. <laughs> Not so in math. Okay. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, your GPA was only 398. Exactly. I mean, it was over four. How, what? Wow. How is that wow. possible? Because AP classes give you a bump. Yep. Oh That's my God. True. Mine That's was true. a little over half that, but you know, <laughs> if my math is any good. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, but I've seen your lacrosse pictures. Yeah, I was too busy beefing up yeah. for last season yeah. yeah. about the classroom. Yeah. That's right. Hey, yeah. shout out to the water dogs. Speaking of lacrosse. Go. A little bit of love for Philly them today. Water Dogs, yeah. That's right. They're, they're the lions of the uh, the PLL, basically. <laughs> That's right. Hey, the shirt that Daniel's wearing. That, I am yeah. wearing a Lions hoodie today. Hey, here's the things we're talking about on the podcast today. We got an injury update. Unfortunately, yeah. a bunch of injuries happened yesterday as well. And then we're going to go through all the games from the weekend. We got Saturday studs and duds. We got Sunday studs and duds. We're going to talk a little bit about a few Monday night football things coming your way as well, Field Jeez. Yeah, I feel like today, you know, it's, it's the playoffs, obviously. And uh, after tonight, we'll be into the semifinals finals unless you play in a if, and if you play in a two-week semifinal you are already in the semifinals which is the espn default settings for teams that yep. uh, you know for leagues so you know at this point of the season like there's only so many ways to like move the football forward with players that we've been going back and forth on all season so you might hear more names on the show today but more acknowledgement rather than like deep dive like okay just using this example garrett wilson has a quiet day yesterday is there any chance he can get hot at some point for the rest of the season? There's three weeks left of the season, right. and there's two for plea, for leagues that only go through week 17. So I just wanted to put that out there early in the show so you get a sense of the pacing that could be on tap. Yeah, because we've uh, asked that question like seven times already this year, so we don't need to ask it again. Yeah, here week and, 15. and Mike's not even here today, and we're still sort of referencing exactly. the question. Yes. All right, so let's dive in with some of the injury report stuff. Make sure we get all of this out of the way. Let's talk about the Colts first, yep. already playing without Anthony Richardson, already playing without Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And in this one, they unfortunately also lost Zach Moss, who went out in the second quarter while scoring a touchdown oh, on a horse yeah. collar tackle. Yeah. Did not love that one. And same thing, honestly, Michael Pittman got lit up in this one, laying out to be able to catch a ball, ended up leaving to go in the concussion protocol. Really tough for both of these fields. When you look at this, yeah. Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson stepped in. Yeah, baby. If you don't see Zach Moss out on the field, is there a chance in this upcoming week, and we'll get more information on that a little bit later, I mean, are you looking at either of these running backs as someone you would think about in week 16? Trey Sermon is absolutely addable this week. He got more opportunities this past weekend than Tyler Goodson did. Now, Goodson almost had a touchdown. It was called back after review. Mm -hmm. uh, but this, if, if, if this offense has shown us one thing, is that that running back spot can be valuable. It's worth noting, of course, that Jonathan Taylor does have a chance to return as a matter of fact i kind of got the feeling from stefania it's plausible based off of her uh, comments yesterday during mm -hmm. fantasy football now and adam schefter also added that the x-rays were negative on zach moss's arm injury that's a positive but we have not yet heard anything definitively about his status for week 16 liz and the michael Pittman jr one was also a bummer and we have no idea whether he'll be available in week 16 or not as we know concussions non-linear etc cetera, etc cetera. He was mashing on Saturday. Well, Four for 78. Uh, 100%. I'm really unlucky second quarter yeah. for the Colts, yeah. uh, although they ended up winning the game 30 to 13. So I guess it wasn't that unlucky. Um, 
Shane Steichen has really figured out how to unlock Michael Pittman this season. Yeah. And it's been wonderful to see a player with so much potential, so much after the catch ability that I feel like we haven't seen yep. really fly in this offense. Concussion, you're right. There's a protocol issue. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. No I will idea. say, though, for the running backs, we've seen Zach Moss have what he have 21 and then 17 touches in back to back weeks. Sermon had a sizable workload. Yep. So I would imagine then that there is um, primary ball carrier potential here for yep. whoever lines up. But I agree with you that it's probably going to be Jonathan Taylor. Three weeks without that thumb, right? He's been out three, three weeks. weeks. Yep. Fingers and they crossed. did not put him on IR. So that suggests there was yeah. a possibility they thought that fourth game back was in play. Yeah, I was a little bit bummed that Josh Downs didn't step up more in this one once he Michael Pittman went down. The ship has he sailed has the past few weeks on Josh Downs. It so really has. More yeah. on this receiver group for sure during the week. But mm -hmm. um, we really hope Michael Pittman Jr. is back. He's been yes. one of the great values in fantasy this season. And mm -hmm. obviously wish him well for his health purposes, most importantly. Another wide receiver that unfortunately got banged up, Jamar Chase. Sounds like we avoided what could be worst case scenario here. But he does have an AC joint sprain in his right shoulder yep. field. That doesn't feel great. It does not. He's day to day now, according to uh, Zach Taylor yesterday, because they played on Saturday. Taylor had a presser on Sunday and he was having a decent game on, on Saturday. Four catches, 64 yards for Jamar mm -hmm. Chase. It led to the T Higgins show, oh which part of me says it did. And then part of me says like, you know, T Higgins is good enough where you can have the T Higgins day without Jamar Chase. Now I'd be surprised if T Higgins was on a ton of playoff rosters because of his injuries and struggles this season, Liz. But if Jamar Chase is out this upcoming week, given the effectiveness of Jake Browning, and yes, they've done an amazing job sure. scheming it up for Jake Browning, then T. Higgins will be back inside my top 25 wide receivers. I love Higgins' contested catchability. It's just tough when you know that he is drawing a higher difficulty of target. Oh. And that, I think, is part of the reason that his efficiency numbers aren't as good as Chase's. Um, he did make some clutch grabs, but also that's what you get when you have a player who can convert at such a a uh, high, literally high yeah. ladder mm -hmm. level as T Higgins. One of the most clutch plays of the season. I mean, the, yes. the, the catch to come back on that game tying touchdown and then reach over Daniel showing so it. I mean, cool. It was like a go, go gadget arm there it, from it T Higgins. Very impressive. Uh, certainly would love to see him finish strong because he is a free agent in March and a very deserving payday is hopefully coming his way. Let's get him to Kansas city. I'm just saying, Oh my God. I don't know if they have the scratch to afford it, but that would oh, be, a you cheat can move money around. New Orleans <laughs> always does it. That's true. They do. Do you think kids nowadays know who inspector gadget is when you talk about yes. go, go gadget arm? There's they a do? reboot on Netflix. Oh really? Oh, yes. Right. Okay. okay. I was going right. to, I was going to date makes me myself. Feel better. I don't want to be aging myself on this show. Here. Yikes. All right. Let's take another wide receiver. Zay Jones, unfortunately hurt his hamstring in yeah. this one. You watched him pull up lame. This entire Jacksonville Jaguars offense did not look Oof. great. Even once Jones went down, the only wide receiver here that got in the end zone was Jamal Agnew, and he yeah, only had course. two catches. Of course. Yeah. So I'd love to give you some advice about like which Jaguars receiver becomes startable now. The only Jaguars receiver that you could implicitly trust this season was Christian Kirk that, after week yeah. one. Yeah. So um, Parker Washington will play a lot if uh, if Zay Jones will miss some time. And obviously Calvin Ridley will play a lot. But as we know, with Calvin Ridley, it's rolling the dice. It's flipping the coin. So uh, I would be skeptical uh, on starting any Jaguars wide receiver in week 16. Ridley Although the matchup is really good because they're at Tampa Bay. It is <laughs> a very, very good matchup. No doubt. I would just say this is that like Ridley will be in my lineups. If I if you still uh, if you make the playoffs with him if you make the semis with him I should say uh, everybody else will be closer to coin flip even in a great spot against the Buccaneers. Calvin Ridley still had twelve targets in this game and it's crazy. Yep, it was tough. Just yeah. turned it into five for thirty nine, which yeah, is not, not what ideal. You want. All right, really quickly, Keaton Mitchell unfortunately a knee injury pulled up in this one. It looks like he is likely done for the season. Unfortunately, he was a guy that we wanted on back half of rosters as an insurance running back, but it looks like Keaton Mitchell's days are going to be done. Gus Bus rolls along. For the bus, yep. Yep. He found the end zone last night, had a catch as well. Wouldn't surprise me if Gus continues to be a very busy man for the Ravens, who are still in first place in the AFC. And then last one for us today, we will obviously have more updates on injuries as the week progresses, but Will Levis got rolled up on and left. That one was uncomfortable. No one wanted to see it. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Bro, he was sacked seven times. I know it was not great. How is this going to impact the Titans for you in case Will Levis can't be the signal caller? Ryan Tannehill back. So honestly, if you play in a two quarterback league and you're you're thin right now, you're like, desperate. Yeah. You better add Ryan Tannehill right now. Um, but I, you know, I think the wide receivers as we have seen this year, it's one that you care about. That's DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. And D Hop has been the one of the great roller coasters and fan. He was like like Calvin Ridley. So yesterday, just what one catch for D Hop, a quiet day. I'm not sure it's better or worse with or without Ryan Tannehill. Yep.
All right, that's going to do it for our injuries. Now we're going to move ahead and talk about our Week 15 recap in just a second. But first, Field Yates, why don't we pay some bills? Are you overwhelmed by either your fantasy playoffs or insurance? Yes. Yeah, the answer is both, both, right? Yes. Let's make it easy on the insurance part. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to geico.com. No matter what team you are rooting for, there's one thing we can all agree on. Football season brings us together. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated with a light beer that's just as great. And at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate celebrate with all season long. Because with a Miller Lite in your hand, football doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. From kickoff till the final whistle, you can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. It is the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like beer, guys? It's only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You can get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you can feel it in your heart. Make it a Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Back here on Fantasy Focus, making our way through our Week 15 recap with Field Jates and Liz Loza. My name is Daniel yeah, Dodd. Yeah. Guys, let's talk about some of the Saturday games so that we can go back and relive some of the goodness that happened there. Goodness like Ty Chandler. Yeah. Field, you, we talked about this. If Alexander Madison is out, you need to add a running back. Ty Chandler is someone you can look at, right? He turned in 24.7 fantasy points if you used him in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Not just this one, but yep. how do you feel about how he did in this one and what that means going forward in the playoffs for if Ty? If Alexander Madison is out this upcoming weekend against your Detroit Lions, it's yep. going to be the Ty Chandler show once again. Now your Lions have been really stingy against the run, a little bit more vulnerable against the pass, of course. So I would suspect that Ty Chandler will be a busy man and RB2 consideration for me if there is no Alexander Madison. Good in the passing game. He had three catches yesterday, yep. scored both as a runner and a receiver, also available in over 50% of Ooh. leagues on ESPN.com right now. So a worthwhile waiver ad. 23 carries, easily a season high. Also second highest number of carries he's had in a game going back to his five-year collegiate career at North Carolina. Mm. Um, he's so much more explosive than Alexander Madison. Madison's averaging 4.2 yards per touch. That's the RB45 Wow. Out of how category. many qualifiers? I bet like... 47 or something. Not many more than that. Oh, probably 60, I'd imagine. Okay. Right? Okay. Top 60. I don't know. Um, regardless. Still 45 out of 60 is pretty yeah. low. We've Not seen true. the efficiency issues. Regardless of quarterback, regardless of whether or not Justin Jefferson is stretching the field, Alexander Madison has not. He is underwhelmed, yep. in fact, right? Ty Chandler, we know, has a three-down skill set. Incredibly explosive. I am interested to see if Madison does, in fact, play mm. what happens because I think Ty Chandler has earned a larger role. Mm -hmm. That's tough with the way that he looked. I think, yeah, it's tough when you look at the eye test, right? Ty Chandler just looks more explosive. He gets the ball. It seems like he's just running better than what we've seen from yeah. Alexander yep. Madison, unfortunately. Totally. And they were they were very quiet in the first half, but mm -hmm. they turned things on with Nick Mullins in the passing game as well. And in you the know second what? Half. Nick Mullins is going to get the start again this week that yeah. has been confirmed for week 16. So, Liz... We watched this with Justin Jefferson. He had 10 targets in this one, but it wasn't Justin Jefferson that was leading the way for fantasy managers. Jordan Addison, two touchdowns over 100 receiving yards. How do you feel about Jordan Addison with Nick Mullins as a signal caller? Well, I feel like Field gets to brush his shoulders off again because bit, he's yeah. going to end on a high note, we're hoping here, with his Addison prediction from Maybe. the top of the season. Yeah, I was going to say, like, because coming into the game preview on Friday, I was like, I don't know whether I got a win or a loss on Addison because he started off red hot yeah. and then sort of screeched to a halt and then he went crazy on Saturday with what I would call a royal flush performance oh, right man. everything that could go could go right did go right six catches on just six targets mm -hmm. 111 yards so nearly 20 yards per catch for Jordan Addison and two touchdowns like if you had told me he got six targets on Saturday I'd say like yeah I'm not so sure I'm starting him he made the most of those six targets, Liz, and the matchup this upcoming week is a very good one against Daniels Lions. I mean, mm. the red zone efficiency for him has been, I know that Mike Clay, if he were sitting in this chair, would talk about regression, but I don't want to because as you said, it's <laughs> week 16. <laughs> and if you're not going to play Addison in your flex, then what are you doing? Yeah. He had seven touchdowns with Kirk Cousins, zero after until, of course, this past Saturday. Yep. The upside is too good. And if you're playing in week 16, you did not come to leave in week 16. And if you are going to leave, you better leave on a on a high note yes. and 
gamble on a guy who can get you, I don't know, all of these points. It, it'd be tough not points. to play Jordan Addison coming off of this game, going up against oh, yeah. my Detroit Lions secondary, who that is the area where they can be. And those beat. divisional yeah. games like we talked about yesterday, yeah, offset, yep. they hit different. They also all indoors down the stretch here for the Vikings. Two games at home oh. and then finally in Detroit for week 18, a game that potentially could have playoff implication seedings for both teams. Detroit for potentially like the three versus the two seed and yep. uh, Minnesota maybe like in that seventh overall playoff seed because it is a jumbled mess in the NFC right now. Well, Detroit looked fantastic. Finally, after a couple of weeks in a row of not looking great, they looked really great here. Yep. Two rookies. We're yep. going to talk about Sam Laporta just crushed it. Oh my gosh. Awesome. At the tight end position like this guy. I feel like when you look at tight ends yep. is the MVP of the tight end position based on where he was drafted, 100%. what he's done for you all year long field. I don't even know what else to say about Sam Laporta other than he is just a godsend to your fantasy team. So he had the Royal flush outcome as well. Five catches on five targets. 56 yards and three touchdowns. I wow. love Vegas right. field. By That's the way. right. Yeah. You know me, big Vegas That's guy. Um, <laughs> here's what I'll ask you guys. And I get it. Like a lot of things that could go right went right for Sam Laporta on Saturday. But I'm asking this question with 100% seriousness. And I don't know that anybody who listens to this podcast does not know how much I love Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. If I gave you the option to start Sam Laporta or Travis Kelsey in week 16, who are you starting? And that, that's the, there's no other context. No, like I'm down big, I'm up big, except just choose it in a vacuum. Sam Laporta or Travis Kelsey in week 16? Who are you taking? I would take Sam Laporta. I would take Travis Kelsey. Okay. So even the fact that it's a conversation and a debate is just a wild, wild thing. And maybe if Travis Kelsey catches that touchdown that he dropped yesterday, we feel mm -hmm. differently about it. But that speaks to, this is the conversation that we had between CJ Stroud and Patrick Mahomes about a month ago. It's like yep. the fact that we're even debating it Talking tells you it. how special this young mm -hmm. player is going into next year. There is a chance that Sam Laporta will be in the conversation for the highest rated ranked tight end in fantasy going into the season. That's yep. an interesting, he certainly puts the whole don't draft a rookie tight end trope on its head. Right. And I wonder now, I don't know, obviously the incoming class nearly as well as you do, but if there is some, Brock Bowers, okay. who's um, excellent, but some of this is also like going to a place. What happens, I think what yes. happens sometimes with these quarter, with these tight ends that are drafted so high is that they are on bad teams, Yeah, right? right. So if you're, you know, Kyle Pitts goes to a, a bad offense mm -hmm. um, uh, and especially a, a low, 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 well, I guess when you're a second round pick, you can be kind of anywhere because like, you know, Laporte isn't a top second round pick, um, but he goes to a team with Jared Goff, a totally serviceable quarterback. So that was um, missing TJ Hawkinson. Yes. So it, it's it's been it's been amazing. A huge shout out to Sam Laporta and honestly, like his teammate Jameer Gibbs, oh. not that much worse. Uh, Daniel, I know you and I uh, have talked about this plenty of times, but uh, I know you love the word and I love it too. But uh, in the context of Jameer Gibbs, the eye test it's just so favorable to him, right? He is a big play waiting to happen. Uh, he had nearly he had over nine yards per carry this past weekend, unreal, unreal, and uh, found the end zone uh, as a receiver as well. So even in a game in which he has just two catches, he crushes for nearly 25 fantasy points. He's red hot. And by the way, David Montgomery played a ton as well. So more. it's not like Monty got like, yeah, he played more than Jameer Gibbs. So Jameer Gibbs, even in a semi-limited role is so dang efficient that you don't necessarily need 18 or 20 touches for him. You can get 12 or 13 and he can produce a top 10 running back outcome. Well, let's contextualize that with a couple of numbers because I have some. 11 of Jameer Gibbs rushing attempts went for more than five yards. Wow. He is now averaging 5.7 yards per touch, which is the RB8 overall and 0.96 fantasy points per opportunity. Wow. Who do you think leads the NFL in yards per carry right now amongst qualified players? A-chan, probably? That makes sense. Devon A-chan. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's qualified yet because he's had so few opportunities. Ooh. And I guess you could you could sort of draw a variety of different qualifiers, but I believe it's Shamir Gibbs at 5.7. I'm looking at it right now, Field Give Jakes. me a better answer. I might have just like totally misled no, the audience no, no, no. there, but I've got Gibbs a... is definitely high up there, if not number one, based he's off also... qualifiers. So you got to figure out who qualifies and who does, who does not. While Daniel is digging, I will say that Gibbs has been limited to 13.7 touches per game since David Montgomery returned from injury in week 10. But yep. again, another contextualization of just how efficient he's sure. been. So as Daniel's looking that up, do you have the answer? Or no? I do. Okay. If we're looking at players that have at least 100 and 130 rushes. Okay. 
right? Yep. No one else in this has more than 72. That's Devon Achan. Technically, okay. Devon Achan is averaging 8.5, but he's yeah. only got 72 carries. Yeah. Nobody else has at least 50. The next closest would be Keaton Mitchell. Again, low volume. And then it's very clearly Jameer Gibbs. Everyone else is like, they've had four carries on the season. So his yards per carry is what? 5.7. And that's yeah. best amongst players with at least 75 rushes. With at least 75 rushes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess you got to draw your own qualifier. Uh, the stat one was passed to me was, I think, must have been at least 75. Yeah. I mean, just, and again, Jameer Gibbs has played a lot and is averaging nearly six yards per carry. A lot better than Najee Harris, a big time Ugh. dud on Saturday, Daniel. I mean, what, just brutal. What happened there? I mean, what do we do with the Steelers offense when you look at this? It doesn't make a difference if it's Kenny Pickett, if yeah. it's Mitchell Trubisky. I think what I would do is just not watch it. <laughs> do you still think that you can start them and that, just dude. not watch it? Or do you think in the no, fantasy playoffs? I mean, in the fantasy playoffs, I think the problem is uh, with Najee is that like when you have a player who splits a backfield, you have two outcomes, right? There's the Detroit outcomes and there's the Pittsburgh outcomes where it's like yeah. so many things have to go right for Najee Harris to cash in with like 15 fantasy points, yes. just 15, right? Meanwhile, Jameer Gibbs needs 13 touches and he can score 24.8 fantasy points. David Montgomery did not have a monster game on Saturday, but like Monty has had plenty of good games so mm -hmm. far this season that Najee, in an offense that is looking for answers, he is not one of them. He fumbled the ball, by the way, on Saturday as well. and Led to a touchdown. Led to, yeah. yeah, so he has been uh, so average uh, for much of this season. The Steelers, uh, I think, need to have a long talk this offseason about whether Jalen Warren should be the lead back in this offense, Liz, but I am not starting Najee Harris if you somehow survive to week 16 with him. I, I am not either. I did not survive yep. because I had to roll with him um, in one league. But I will say the frustrating thing about the Steelers offense is that even after that fumble, that costly fumble, both Harris and Warren saw the same number of carries. There was no discipline for Harris, which means I'm not as optimistic as of I'm not as optimistic at the idea of Warren taking over next week. Next week or next season? Next week. Next well, season's a different story. I was going to say, because I'm with you. Like, I don't know that they're going to just bench Najee entirely, yeah. but I think for next season, we have to have a thoughtful conversation about how much of a role he versus Jalen Warren should have. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. And Devontae Williams was not much better, Daniel. No, it's, and this is part of it. Taking on the Detroit Lions defense. You talked about this Stay right away. when we were talking about Ty Chandler. That one was very tough. He had 12 carries for 27 yards. Yep. Eight of those 12 carries went for fewer than two yards. And yep. who do they draw this weekend? The Broncos, New the England, Broncos. Patriots. That's not a great matchup. Uh, not a good matchup. Like they're uh, the Patriots probably are a little bit more vulnerable to like play in space running backs. But these kind of like, you know, tough, rugged runners breakers, like Javante yeah. Williams is have a difficult, more difficult road against what this, you know, this Patriots offense obviously leaves a lot, but the defense is pretty stout. So I will have Javante Williams probably closer to RB, I don't know, 25 than 15 this week. Yep. Mid-tier RB3 when you look at that situation. Yeah, flex right consideration in a perfect world. But uh, yeah, disappointing game, uh, not for, for Daniel, but for... Uh Remember all those nice things you're saying about the uh, Broncos? You're like, I want to see this happen on on, on yep. Saturday. You didn't mean it, obviously. No, I didn't mean it. Of no. course, yeah. But I mean, just honestly, the Denver Broncos defense had looked a lot better coming into this game, but yeah. the, the Lions had 185 rushing yards yeah. between Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. I mean, what are you going to do at that point? Yep. You know, it's. I mean, it's amazing. This was a Celebrate. wacky, wacky week. That's if right. we have time, you're going to be got, pumped about <laughs> it. Yeah. Got some crazy stats later if we have more time for it on these. <laughs> All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dopp joined by Fields Yates and Liz Loza. Guys, we're talking about the Sunday games now. Let's talk about, with the, let's just start with the good conversations. This is always way more fun. Yeah. Field, is there any better conversation from Sunday than Christian freaking McCaffrey? I, I want to ask, I'm going to challenge a historian of fantasy football out there to answer this for me. Uh -huh. Or if you guys have an answer off the top of your head, let me know. Uh, Christian McCaffrey probably went in the first five picks of every redraft league this year. Should have. Maybe yep. not in two quarterback leagues, but at least was in the mix, sure. right? Yep. Yep. Has there been a player drafted that high who wire to wire was as dominant as Christian McCaffrey has been this season? There's no bad games for him. None. He had zero bad games. As a matter of fact, he's been constantly mashing. He's up over, mm -hmm. what, 20 touchdowns now for the season. It's like him and Raheem Mostert, the Spider-Man emoji when it comes to the end zone right now. He has been absolutely Otherworldly, he once again 
had 50-plus rushing yards and 50-plus receiving yards yesterday. Mm -hmm. If you were down during the 1 p.m. slate with just three 4 p.m. games and obviously one Sunday night, one Monday night game, which is very possible, right? So after the first 11 games, you're down big. Christian McCaffrey is a fantasy football saver. He may have saved your weekend because of his brilliance. That's, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say other than just like, the most worthy number one pick that we have seen in a long, long time. Too often we are fretting over number one picks that go awry. Mm -hmm. This is one of those years where like, if you took Christian McCaffrey in the first five picks, you are undoubtedly a very good fantasy football team. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are some random exceptions, but like he alone makes you a good team. I don't think he's saying anything I can dispute. I just, I just, yeah, I just, I, sometimes you got to give a guy his flowers. That's all I have. This is one of those situations, and we have had a fair amount of it, where like some of those early draft picks have not always panned out the way that we've wanted or talked about. And Christian McCaffrey, to your point, Field, not a single game. His worst game so far this year is 13.8 fantasy points. The first, if that's yeah. the floor, yeah. 13.8, like you can survive on 13.8. Well, and that was like RB 17 that week. Yes, yes. Imagine that. Like, that's crazy. Like, it, it's just wild to me. Uh, and the debate in the preseason, there were like five players in that mix for number one overall. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase. And like, maybe, maybe Travis Kelsey just because of the positional edge he provided people on paper, which, you know, he has been good this year certainly but Travis Kelsey has definitely not been nearly as dominant as he was last year when he had over a 100 point edge over the next highest scoring back and first, he didn't sorry first I was just going to say he's first at the position in route participation yep. so you're like oh we know he's a great receiving back but also second at the position in carries per game at over 17 that's huge I also don't want to lose so sight of the fact that his teammate Debo Samuel is putting teams on his back yeah Right now, the past four games, Debo Samuel has eight touchdowns, including yet another two-touchdown performance yesterday. The guy is unreal. I mean, it's truly unfair that those two guys are teammates. It makes no sense to me. It's I mean, amazing. It does, but it but yeah. doesn't at the same time. Well, you mentioned all of those potential number one overall picks. You didn't even mention Tyreek Hill. Yeah, which I, I he wasn't discussed enough as the number one overall. Yep. yep. And then and didn't go in this game yep. this week. And Surprise, we talked yeah. about this, like how this is going to be a tough one for Tua and this Dolphins team taking on the Jets. Not well. Surprise, yes. surprise. Finds out Jalen Waddle, guys, if you play Jalen Waddle and was like, well, if there's no Tyreek Hill, I'm going to believe in this kid. He totally paid off for you. Nine targets, eight catches, 142 yards for a touchdown, 28.2 fantasy points. If you play Jalen Waddle here in week 15 without Tyreek Hill, you were rewarded in a major way. Liz, how do you feel about Jalen Waddle, though, if we get Tyreek Hill back next week? Is he still going to be continue to be one of those guys that you're starting in your fantasy lineup? I mean, I think you've probably start him as, started him as like a top 15 option throughout the season, right? So I don't think yep. you're going to sit him. I am also curious, as I was watching this game, and we had talked a little bit about on FF Now, you know, the team had talked about the possibility, the potentiality, if you will, that Tyreek Hill was not going to start. Friends, I think they knew the whole time he was not going to start really? because Tua looked way too efficient for that to have been a surprise Ooh, or yeah. he prepared or maybe to have prepared on his own. Yeah. But I was I thought this was a little bit of some Mike McDaniel uh, trickery. OK, well, I mean, it didn't it did not impact the offense that dramatically no. because no. the uh, Tua completed over 85 percent of his passes just totally torched the Jets. It didn't help that the Jets were abysmal on offense. They were on one, two, three Cabo watch yesterday. Yeah. You know, the old like, let's yeah. see you during the offseason. Yeah. Uh, they were too. terrible. I mean, we all are <laughs> perpetually here. But Jalen Waddell, you're probably thinking to yourself, eight catches, 142 yards and a touchdown. Well, Tua must have gone off. Not quite, as Tua had a total of 224 passing yards, one touchdown, so less than 13 fantasy points for Tua yesterday, obviously adding nothing with his legs. So he goes off, um, but uh, does Jalen Waddell, it does not mean that the offense as a whole went off, as right. Jalen Waddell had more than 50% of the total receiving yards for the Dolphins yesterday. So just a monster effort from Jalen Waddell, not so much from anybody else. So if, and I think he's going to be back, but if Tyreek is out next week, it does not mean that, oh, you start Jalen Waddell and somebody else. It just means that Jalen Waddell becomes a top five or 10 wide receiver option. He's got this. Yeah, he's locked in. You're going to be using locked. him within the fantasy playoffs. Yep. Another guy that I think is locked in field. You tell me if you disagree with this one. James Cook. No, uh, unbelievable. Oh I mean, my gosh, what he did yesterday. 25 carries for 179 yards and a touchdown. Nuclear. Plus 
two catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. Good enough for 36.1 fantasy points over his last four games. He has had at least 16 fantasy points in every single game. That floor heading into your fantasy playoffs and being utilized here in week one, he helped you win this week if you used him in your fantasy playoffs. He had 174 rushing yards, as you just mentioned. His brother, Dalvin, has 214 for the full season. That was me. I don't know why I brought that in. But James Cook has been mashing recently. He's got four straight games with 100-plus total yards from scrimmage. First Bills running back to do that. Since LaShawn McCoy, this has been the unearthing of the player that so many of us were optimistic about when the Bills drafted him in the second round. And shout out to Joe Brady. That's what I was going to say. It's been the unearthing since Ken Dorsey got fired. So it's been a seismic shift in terms of the utilization and their dependence upon James Cook. And this game yesterday, in which he had 36.1 fantasy points, included a one or was it two yard touchdown run? By Latavius Murray. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the Bills offense certainly is going to lack zero confidence going forward. They have a real shot to make the playoffs now. They have found their footing. Look like the team that you were hoping for coming into the season. And James Cook, to me, is a lock it in top 10 running back the rest of the way. Yep. I'm with you. And Liz, we're going to move ahead and talk about Rasheed Rice. I think we found ourselves a lock Speaking it in of. starter for yeah. the rest of the season. I mean, Rasheed Rice, when you look at what he did, not just in this one, but nine for 91 and a touchdown on nine targets. Last four games from Patrick Mahomes, 10 targets, nine targets, 10 targets, nine targets. He is locked in as the guy. What do you think about Rasheed Rice over I the last I think it's month? about time. That's the, the Chiefs talked, Andy Reid talked in his presser about when he came out of the bye, talking about really wanting to just find the number two to Travis Kelsey, right? Really give Patrick Mahomes that secondary downfield option. It was something that was studied over the bye. They gave it to Rice. And since the bye, Rasheed Rice has run more than 30 routes per game. Yeah. Um, He's actually the number one option. I was going to say, that's the question. I mean, I I, God, it feels rude to like twice ask a question of a player with, you know, a a one line resume compared to the resume of Travis Kelsey. But still, I'm not saying anything negative about Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Well, okay, but it's not even like, yeah, I get you. I guess it would be perceived potential. And I love Travis Kelsey, one of my favorite players of all time. Did he score 24 fantasy points this last week? Didn't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's been a real thing. And the Chiefs have taken um, some heat in relative terms for the uh, other wide receiver investments that have not panned out. Mm. They crushed it with Rasheed Rice and yet another disappointing day for everybody else at the office in that in that in that that passing group um real talk. rice mashing real right talk now. though like I, I, that seems like a pretty serious thing and i know maybe this is more of a co- off-season conversation but like marquez velden scaling has been terrible they got i mean they, sky Moore has not done yeah. like Kadarius tony they're gonna make the playoffs they might get the one seed in the afc but they still might reshape their roster this offseason and say all right, we, we got to give Pat a little more help. A, a little bit more a help. A little bit more help. Is Chris bit. Godwin going to be a free agent at the end of this He's year? He's not. He's got one more year after this. Rats. That'd yeah. be too bad because he'd have been nice, especially after the game that he just put together. Crushed 10 it. for 155 for yep. 25.5 fantasy points. Honestly, though, this game came out of nowhere. This was not Chris Godwin and what we've seen from him. I, and you look yes. at his box scores. Yep. He's had 10.3 fantasy points or fewer in the last five games coming into this. So a 25-point burst. Did not was not something that I, I saw coming. I don't, I don't agree. Go for it. He had 11 targets last week. We it has go. been a point of emphasis to get him more involved. He has been dealing with nagging injuries, right? He's got a neck issue. I think he's got an elbow situation. He's got a knee problem. Yep. He's been dealing with a bunch of stuff. I think he's finally healthy. And clearly there was a conversation he had with Baker Mayfield about improving their chemistry now that he's back to health. His routes were crisper. His uh, performance was more electric. And I think moving forward, I am not, uh, I am optimistic moving forward. He's going to be in fits, facts versus feelings this week. Just All right. Spoiler. Preview. A little preview of that. Well, Merry I, Christmas to you all already. That's <laughs> right. A little bit of that. I'll, I wish that I could have seen a little bit more from Mike Evans, but we got a lot of Chris Godwin. We'll be thankful we for that in this Yes, one. we will be. Yep. Yes. All right. Back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dopp joined by Liz Loza and Field Jates. Let's talk about some of the duds that we had, unfortunately, from Sunday's yeah, game. Yeah, this one's tough. And I thought that I had reached like the maximum level of frustration that one could reach in regards to Bijan Robinson's fantasy output. Mm. Yesterday, though, mm. uh, took it to a new, new level as he finished with, in PPR scoring, point for fantasy points. But what Seven are you doing carries. PPR scoring? Oh, that's what you said. It was, that PPR, was PPR scoring. Yeah. Got it. Got so it. Uh, a robust, um, uh, let's see, a robust negative point, was it negative point one? 
in non-PPR scoring. That doesn't feel good. Feel I'm good. sorry. Negative 0. 0.6 in non-PPR scoring is what I believe. Negative I was told. means no opposite. Negative they take exactly. it away. You as subtract like, that number from right. your total. As in I scored more sign. fantasy points in non-PPR than Ben Robinson yeah. did right. yesterday. But yeah, um, this one was so. It, it, here's why it's frustrating. And I don't love like the pile on the coach thing because, truthfully, there are a million people that do it all the time. It's just at some point you reach like your threshold of how much you can tolerate. But Bijan has a fumble yesterday during a game that's being played in a darn monsoon yeah. and gets sent into purgatory. And we just don't see him again. Again. The rest of the way. And I have said this many, many times before. I do not understand when an NFL coach benches a player for a fumble and then brings him back in later in the game, right? It's like, we didn't trust you for 10 plays, but we're going to trust you but on play 11 you. to not screw it up. Like, 100%. That's timeout. And timeout barely works on kids, much less grown adults playing football. So um, I thought it was sort of a silly, like next Sunday, he's going to be back out there, I'm sure, against the Colts. And it's like, no big deal. Uh, it's it just a major, major disappointment. It wasn't a monster game at that point anyways for Bijan. His first Eight touches went for a total of, let's see, 14 yards. But, I mean, this is the kind of thing that, like, this is going to swing many, many fantasy matchups. A top five fantasy option coming into the week who managed to finish as RB74. It also didn't work because they lost. They did to so the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when you look at this, the way that Tyler Algier is getting used, everything you're explaining about this, he had been getting more work in the passing game. Like he was a part of a bigger receiver. Patterson scored yesterday too, Corderell Patterson. Bijan Robinson blocking for Corderell Patterson was my moment. That was it. Cole in the stocking. I'm out throwing pencils, the whole thing. It's so frustrating. And I, I totally hear what you're saying, Field, because I I have taken a number of shots uh, this season when it comes to the idea of like, why are we oh, not utilizing the good players, right? But it, yeah. it does feel like one of these things where the like game script and I'm not a coach so obviously I like, know a lot of people think I'm not smart but <laughs> game script yeah. I think you're smart Thank you. I appreciate you guys yeah felt like if what's the point he was drafted eighth overall what's what's the point of drafting a running back eighth overall in this game where it's a this is what you're going to do you're going to ground and pound that's and then you don't even give him the football you'd rather give the ball to a fifth rounder from last year and this is nothing anti Tyler Algier but then what's the point of using the eighth overall pick on a guy well Daniel I'll tell you what they're six and eight now and if they lose out or finish seven and ten are we gonna have a conversation there's going to be some speculation about the job of Arthur Smith. And I'm not trying to fire people. I'm not no. trying to make the decision for the organization. But if something like that were to happen, I think one of the things that people would point to would be misutilization of key assets. Of resources. Yep. I'm totally with you. Because when you look at that roster, especially especially the offense, yep. there are so many more skill position players than there are for that Carolina Panthers team. And the fact yes. that they got beat by the Carolina Panthers is that's a big one. That's a big one. Yep. All right, I mean, let's not for ahead. nothing. The, also, the defense let Shuba Hubbard go off. Yep. So Not ideal. Not no. ideal across the board, unfortunately, for the Falcons. Should we do a two-for-one special here for the Jets? Yeah, let's do both Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. I mean, Fields, what are you doing with this? Uh, what do you do is you, first of all, I mean, you're probably, you know, it's going to be tough to advance into the next round of the playoffs when Brees Hall goes for 2.8 points in PPR. Garrett Wilson had 5.9. So he was the star, relatively speaking, <laughs> out of the two. But it was Gross. his fewest targets, just four uh, in a game this season. The Jets had to make a quarterback change as Zach Wilson got hurt. Uh, initially not ruled a concussion. I think he's now in concussion protocol. It's all. It was a very bizarre situation, so I apologize for not having that more buttoned up. But uh, in a year of completely miserable offensive performances for the Jets, this one took the cake. So here's what you do. So if you make it to week 16, you bounce back, and what you tell yourself is that, like, you know, every once in a while, a cornerback gets burned for, like, three straight plays and then makes a pick on the fourth play because you got to have a short memory. And the Jets play the Commanders next week. So there's some hope. That's the truth. That's the reality of us. I'm still going to have Brees Hall ranked as, like, a top 15 back in a game that got away from them entirely. This is what happens. But the Jets are not going to be down 30 to nothing against the Commanders next week. And the Commanders are certainly a team you can throw against. So I wouldn't be surprised if Brees Hall's a top 15 running back and Garrett Wilson's a top 20 wide receiver for me this week. And you have to imagine if Trevor Simeon is under center again. Professional quarterback, at least, right? Right. Yep. There'll be a little bit more efficiency and probably a, a larger emphasis on the run as well. Yeah, you would think that. Uh, the, here's what I got on Zach Wilson field. Okay. 
He initially exited with dehydration for right. the CBS bod- broadcast, okay. and then they ruled him out. And then they talked, Robert Sala was talking about, I'm not sure what the process, but from my understanding, uh, it was called down from up top, meaning that they talked the eye in the sky, talked about, hey, we need to check out Zach Wilson. And, okay. and Robert Sala said he is now officially in the protocol. So, okay, got it. So it was a weird day. So it that's was, why it was, I, we, yeah, it was yeah. tough to be able to figure that whole thing out. And there wasn't a lot of, a lot of information on it. So sure. that's where yep. we ended with that. This is tough. Would you start Garrett Wilson next week? If you have Brees Hall, yes, and Garrett he'll Wilson? be in my top 20. Yes. Against the commanders. Against yeah. the commanders. Yes. Still volume, still good matchup. I mean, as we saw with uh, the, the Rams offense yesterday, right? I mean, it wasn't uh, a monstrous day for Matthew Stafford, but he still had, uh, you know, nearly 19 fantasy points. Cooper cup had over a hundred yards. Say, he looked a, good. He had yep. a long, long touchdown to Cooper cup. So um, yes, the, the opportunities are there for the commanders against the commanders for the jets. All right, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Field yeah, Jades. I'll take this one because I was you know, optimistic here. And, uh, you know, it's a tough day. Uh, 9.6 fantasy points, so not like an albatross. 16 opportunities for Zeke. Uh, the difference was the rushing efficiency. You know, he just was bottled up in the running game. 11 carries for 25 yards, five receptions for 21 yards. So um, it's not good enough. I mean, it's it's a great spot next week for Zeke if he is still the starter against the Broncos on Sunday Night Football. But uh, my optimism was uh, overstated. I thought he'd be better, but this, uh, you know, just not nearly enough efficiency. 16 opportunities is fine, right? That's a lot. And five targets in the passing game. Uh, so 16, uh, sorry, the five targets included. Six targets, yeah, sorry. so uh, so 17 opportunities, right. I guess. Like, that's a number that you would say blindly going into the game. You'd say that's like an RB, that's like a startable and running back. coming off of a long week. Yeah, yeah, you'd right? be fine. You can imagine right? fresher legs, yeah. especially for a vet. I, I, you were not alone in that analysis. No, I'd be, yeah, but but uh, but yeah, it was ended up being the wrong call. And uh, probably the lesson learned is like the the chance that that the uh, this season specifically, or at least especially if you uh, put too much faith in the Patriots' offense, you could be burned. Mm. I'm not sure if this is how the math works, but when you look at it, just a little silver lining. I'm pretty sure that Ezekiel Elliott scored 23.5 times more than B. John Robinson did. Oh, and so let's like wow. focus on that. You know, like that's the positive. That's a pretty good yeah, one. And more than Saquon Barkley. It, it, exactly. Uh, you know, I don't really want to talk about that one either, Phil yeah. Jates. But yeah, Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Really frustrating. Only 5.7 fantasy points. Now what you need at, coming out of what was a huge game in week 14. It was a monster game in week 14. They couldn't run the football at all. And this game just, it, did, it didn't get away from them in the sense that it was like 30 to nothing at halftime, but it was so clear that the offensive efficiency from basically the jump was a problem. The Saints had seven sacks of Tommy DeVito. They got nothing from Saquon Barkley in relative terms in the passing game, just two receptions for Saquon. So um, when you play in a terrible, terrible offense, even when you're a really, really good player like Saquon, and this applies to the offense we spoke about 30 seconds ago in the Patriots, like Ramondre, if you're not scoring a touchdown, you are more prone to these kind of days than other backs are. So uh, a bad day at the office for Saquon. No two ways about that. If you survive, he will still be a top probably 15 running back option next week because they play the Eagles. They actually put the Eagles twice in the last three weeks to the Giants. I don't love that scheduling. Your Lions Lions having against the Vikings, the Giants, but the Eagles twice in in the final three weeks. I think it's awkward, but uh, Christmas Day, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, Giants-Eagles, second of three games that day. 49ers-Ravens that night might be the game of the regular season. Yeah, that right there. baby. That's going to be a really good one. Can't wait for that. In San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. One last thing in this one, Field Yates. We saw Darren Waller play for the first time in a little bit. 26 snaps, ran 21 routes, six targets, four catches for 40 yards. If you were looking for eight fantasy points from a tight end, which honestly, that's a low end tight end one right take now. It. Yeah, you'll I, take I it. thought it was a win, truthfully. Yeah, like agreed. in this, like it's like eight is not a huge number at all, obviously, right? But like, if you were looking for a tight end on the waiver wire, mm-hmm. and you were told you get six targets, forty receiving yards, and he would not get hurt, that to that me would be a part. win all the way around. <laughs> yeah, right? that last part though. Yes. So not terrible, right? He'll be a top. 12, 15 consideration say. this week, top 12 consideration this week. So it's going to be a French um, tight end one as are like 15 other tight ends. So you know, it's funny. You're just talking about how, like, uh, how, how Zeke had like 23 times uh, more fantasy points than Bijan Robinson. I have to do the math on this, but, uh, I believe there's a chance that the Raiders over the past two weeks combined will be the highest scoring team in the NFL. Stop. Don't need it. I mean, just like, you know, Merry Christmas, Abbey, right? everyone. How, what is the NFL? What is the NFL? I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. 
All right, let's keep moving on with a handful of storylines from week 15 that we want to talk about. David Njoku, he was my start of the week this say, week. We don't want to talk about him, Daniel. You just get to brag about him for the next few minutes. Well, I, to be fair, like one David of the best Njoku, calls of the season. It was a it was a good call for this week, but David Njoku has just been getting a ton of volume. Joe Flacco under center looks unbelievable. Or Joe Flacco. Flacco. I, I say Flacco. <laughs> Flacco. Cute. Is it Flacco? F L A C C O? Whatever. I'm All just right. making fun of I can't of you. say bangle, so don't worry. I know. That's I mean, there the are thing. a lot of words we, I can't I say. I still say so. pop. We're all even. You say pop even yeah. because you're from Chicago, right? Yeah. That's a, that's okay. Pop. That makes sense. Pop. Rather than what soda. Pop? Pop. It's like soda. Like, it you want to go to the store and get a pop? I say pop. Why? Because that's what it's called. That's what we do it up So If you go to a restaurant and they're like, yeah, like, do you say, like, what kind of pops do you have? What kind of pops do you have? Well, I order a Diet Coke with a wedge of lime. But uh, yeah, I'd be like, what pop do you have on top? First of all, I love that. Yes. <laughs> they got a wedge of lime in there too. Oh yeah. Have you not had lime with your Diet Coke? I don't drink much soda. I, 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 okay. I, I'm not an anti-soda person. I just don't drink it that often. Why would you put chemicals in that lacrosse trained stop. body? No, no, exactly. stop, stop. I do drink, uh, I, I like seltzer a lot and uh, okay. I like Miller sure, Lights, obviously. I like Miller yes. Lights as well. That's yeah. probably anti to the lacrosse body. Sure. Um, I just don't drink a lot of soda. I just, um, I don't know. I just feel like I get to... Uh, a little guess, jittery on it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. I understand. If I had a road trip though. Like if I'm in the car for a while, I'll I'll definitely like I'll I'll load up with the caffeine. Yeah, okay. yeah. You'll crush them. Well, you'll have some pop on your road trip. Yeah, I think I disagree with this one. <laughs> okay. I think it's just like a it's a it's a dialect thing, right? For that area of the country, I grew up saying pop too. I yeah. never oh, said soda. Okay. It was it was like Michigan. It's called pop. That's okay. just what we know, I will it. accept it. The part the ones that like kind of trip me up or where it's like you say the same word but you say it differently. When I lived in Kansas City for a few years, people be like, "Yeah, do you have car insurance?" Oh. And I'm like, I have car insurance. Like, then do you have insurance? Car insurance. My favorite is, this, we're getting way off track, but my favorite oh, yeah. is contribute instead of contribute. Contribute. Love it. Yeah. Who says contribute? I think Europeans. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I like the I'm idea learning a too. Lot. Of, I like when Liz is here because I feel so much more cultured. I like that. I like advertisements. By someone who drinks Diet Coke with a wedge of lime in That's it. That's a big thing. I and love it. Oh, yeah. Advertisements is yeah. the way that I like to say it. And, uh, Al, is it in, uh, don't, they, don't the Brits say aluminium? Yes, aluminium. Oh, I like aluminium. One. Dave, can you, uh, producer, can you confirm that? Aluminium? Yeah, that is true. Okay. The other thing, I get made fun Sorry. of for saying comfortable because I, I think I say rather than comfortable, which is like you kind of just like smush the word together. I kind of yeah, say you pronounce it correctly. Comfortable. Yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Um, that was another thing that people make fun how, of me for. How do you say um, the tight end for the Browns last name? How do you pronounce that? David Njoku yeah. is comfortable oh. in my uh, fantasy lineup is Keith the way Lipscomb that I would say that. From the Midwest as well. Says it is confirmed. He goes, don't you go making fun of pop. Thank you. If not cool Keith says it, then it is. We can leave it there. That's my the mom's from Columbus. I feel like she calls it. Wait, right can joke. I give you guys a stat and just drive us back? Sure, let's do it. Let's okay. get back on talking about David and Joe. <laughs> oh, okay. So when talking about Joe Flacco, I don't want to get in trouble. No, say yeah, the Flacco, wrong way. Flacco's right. uh, Joe Flacco, he has targeted the tight end position 21% over his career. However, this season, that number has jumped to 28.6%. Ooh, he's been all, I mean, he, here's, so that's a great, it's a great stat that illustrates how David Njoku should stay busy going forward. Yep. And what I'll say about this is David Njoku was a first round pick six years ago. The yeah. Browns made a decision to reinvest in David Njoku on a contract that was done the right way, but is often criticized, which is the Browns paid David Njoku for what he can become, not what he had been. He had been a quiet contributor for much of the first like four or five seasons of his career. He gets this four year, $54 million extension. And I remember being like for David Njoku, it looks like a perfectly reasonable deal because Njoku has become a star. He's such an athletic player. Oh, yeah. He is so good in space. And the Browns, uh, there are a lot of great coaching jobs taking place this season. But Kevin Stefanski has been brilliant. David Njoku, one of a, it's got to be a top seven or eight tight end every week going forward. And that might be conservative, maybe even top five. It's been awesome. And uh, we can say whatever we want about, you know, Flacco, Flacco, but Joe Flacco, multiple touchdown passes. Dude. 250 passing yards in every game. Yep. He has legitimately invigorated this passing game in a way that it has not been invigorated since at least the 2021 season. At and least a, a practice squad quarterback. No longer. Oh, they didn't put Is him that, back to, yeah. they didn't revert him to practice squad again this week. He uh, signed a deal actually on Friday. Good for Joe. To the active roster. Something. And as part of the deal, every game that the Browns win, he cashes in on $75,000. Go hey, Blue Hen. Right, Joe yeah. Flacco. That is what it is all about. All right, let's move ahead and talk about a couple other people here. 
Field, do you think that we can stream Baker Mayfield moving forward? Back sure can. Back, yep. 20 fantasy points. Yep. We sure can. A good matchup this upcoming week as well against the Jaguars, a yep. team who I can't quite figure out defensively. I like them more on paper than I do when I actually watch them in the game. Baker Mayfield, another guy who has made himself a lot of money this offseason, uh, or this season for this upcoming offseason. Write this one down. I think Baker Mayfield will sign a contract this offseason and the it'll be for eight figures per year, and the first figure of those eight will be a two, as in like a $20 million, million. plus okay. dollar per year contract for Baker Mayfield, who is playing with a ton of confidence. This team is 7-7 seven and seven now, by the way, very much in the playoff picture in the NFC. Yeah. That's non-fantasy content, but for fantasy purposes... It's relevant. It's relevant because they throw the ball a ton. They're a very inefficient running team still, and he has good weapons now. I mean, between Mike Evans... Obviously, Chris Goblin playing better. Rashad White's been an just mm-hmm. incredible player in fantasy football this season. Found the end zone again yesterday as a receiver. Baker is a legitimate streaming option in Week 16, Liz. Uh, tied with the New Orleans Saints at 7-7. Seven and seven. Yes, they are. So that yeah. is why it is important. Yeah. There's motivation, obviously, well, heading in the, into next week's game against the Vikings. There's a lot of teams that are all of a sudden, you know, Seattle would have to win tonight to get to seven and seven. So that uh, second slash third play uh, wildcard rate is going to be very compelling. And there could, for all the jokes we make about the NFC South, there could be two playoff teams from the NFC South this season. That's is a joke. Wild. Yeah, that that's is going to be for some yes, Saturday yes. football in the postseason, <laughs> yeah. but we'll talk about that yep. later. When you talk about Baker Mayfield signing a contract that's in the potentially starting with the twos, what a deal, by the way, for a quarterback in this year. Like, if you get a $29 million quarterback on a starting salary, I feel like that's a good deal. Guys are getting paid $40, $45, $50 million. And if, with the rest of this roster, like you just talked about, they've got some skill position guys around them. They could build with this offense. That number could be conservative, by the way. If the Bucks make the playoffs, which jump is it up very imply, yeah. it'll be a three at the start of that contract. Yeah. I really believe that because whatever you want to say about Baker, and did he live up to expectations that I'm one overall pick? No. Has there been bad stretches, like including in Carolina? Yes. But within creative and competent structure, Baker Mayfield has played well. Best quarterback in the NFC South? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Seems pretty clear. May not be saying much, but I yes. know. I know. I understand. You're, you're, yes. The caveat yeah. there is the yeah. South. But hey, can you trust Terry McLaurin? Here's what he did in week 13. Three targets. And then zero fantasy points. Yeah. Just, just so you guys know, I'm not leaving anything else out. And then this week, six for 141 and a touchdown on 12 targets from Sam Howell. Liz Loza, how are you approaching Terry McLaurin next week? If you if you made the playoffs and you advanced, would you consider starting him? Not against the Jets. I, I, I just don't want to do it. I don't. It's too risky. The only, honestly, the only skill position player on the commanders that I trust is Curtis Samuel at this point. That's wild. I mean, yeah. it's. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just wild that with the first round pick in Jahan Dotson, a $24 million per year player in Terry McLaurin, the only one that we can trust is the third receiver. In so the third receiver. It's not even, yeah. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing, by the way. Um, to Liz's point, they play the Jets next week. Um, and I am sincerely curious what percentage of playoff teams have Terry McLaurin on their roster? It's got to be extremely low, right? I would think. I would think. Now, a lot of this came in garbage time yesterday. Much of it came with Jacoby Brissett under That's center. the other point, yeah. But they uh, said yesterday after the game, did Ron Rivera, that it'll be Sam Howell again this Sunday. So, uh, yes, I am. I will have him outside my top 24 wide receivers. Jacoby Brissett kept the value of Amari Cooper afloat last year, and I... I'm not out on Sam Howell, but if he did this with Terry McLaurin, why not at least see? Uh- okay, but this is also, I hear you, and there is no doubt that Brissett has the ability to bring a spark to an offense, but the Rams did not prepare for Jacoby Brissett, and they were ahead, and they were home. So there is always, when a new quarterback comes in and there is a spark, there has to be some credence given to the fact that the defense did not adjust for this. A little bit of uh, prevent defense was was apparently underway. That's but fair. I do like Jacoby Brissett as well with you, Daniel. I'm with you. I like him. Like, I hope Jacoby gets a chance to start somewhere next year. Me too. Because he is a decent bridge quarterback. Yes, he is. Not great, not terrible, decent. By the way, the commander's schedule for the next three games, I'm not sure we're going to start any commanders in the fantasy playoffs. You get the Jets, and then you get the 49ers, and then you get the Dallas Cowboys. You're also going to get a fired coach, and so you're going to see, I think you're going to see a, like, Cole Turner should be out there. Give me more Chris Rodriguez. Let's see what is on this roster that is done for the year. Everyone should be packing up thinking about playing golf. I know. Probably. Not that I play it's, golf. It's hard when, you know, that's you know, what I hear GM people do. The, yeah. <laughs> you don't golf? No. Especially in LA. You got this a perfect, perfect climate I'll, try, I'll, I'll like, tell you what. I'll, I'll bring have... you out to my golf course here in Connecticut. We'll oh get some gosh. pops. We'll get some pops with some, some pops. Pops with hops. No, okay. pops with hops, right? Come on. 
Is that is that yes. called beer? I'm not pops with hops. Pops with hops. Pops I mean, Diet Coke in my beer. No, no, no. I'm saying I, it's not actually a pop. It's a beer. Okay. Just a beer. Miller yes. Lite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we'll go and we'll. I believe in, in, Can I drive the cart? Of course. Okay. In Britain, I have been told they call them wobbly pops. Wobbly pops. That's what a beer is called? Yeah. I've never heard it's that. A wobbly That's pop. Awesome. And I lived there for a year. Nobody's called it a wobbly pop. You well, are more cultured than us. By sounds like, oh, yeah. it sounds like I take that back. Our producer, who is British, has now <laughs> told me he did not get that from Britain. It was from New England. He got that from the Northeast here. Oh, so, really? I'm from here. We call them wobbly, wobbly, wobbly pops. Wobbly pops. That yeah. was my British version. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. that hey, terrible. one more question here about another guy. Yeah. Okay. Are you in on this DeAndre Hopkins roller coaster that has been living with Will Levis? Like, do you, are you in on like, okay, I get it. This week was tough and nine targets, nine targets. The last three games, 12 targets, 12 targets, nine targets. Yeah. How often do we talk about, I'm going to continue to chase volume because that's what's important. And now you're at the spot where well, I just put him in my fantasy lineup. If you made it next to week 16 yeah. on 4.1 fantasy points, you do it again with him. So I would say this, if you make it to week 16, and DeAndre Hopkins has been the default player in whatever spot that he occupies in your roster, wide receiver two or flex, or maybe wide receiver three in a three wide receiver league, that you're probably going to stick with DeAndre Hopkins because it's not like on the waiver wire this week, we've got a bunch of wide receivers that come to mind. It's like very fair. It's a very running back heavy waiver wire week this week specifically. So with DeHop, if you've made it this far and you've, been on that roller coaster, you might just say to yourself, like, well, I mean, do I have a better option truly? These are the tough ones when you're this far into the season and trying to like plant your flag on a debate yep. that has had two very compelling arguments for six, 15 weeks now. So um, he's going to be a top 30 wide receiver consideration for me this week because that volume is way too good to ignore. I might actually feel a little bit better, Liz, if it's Ryan Tannehill. Really? Then Will Levis, if it's Malik Willis, I am officially concerned. Sure. I, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had zero touchdowns with Ryan Tannehill. Well, he's, what is he? all yeah. come with Levis. And they all came in two games. So That's it's like, true. you know, it's, it's. Levis is such a, a roller coaster is I definitely can take the L on anointing him early. I was totally enamored. Immediate butterflies. He's, he's from Massachusetts. Then, like they well, have that kind of allure. Okay. Do quarterbacks from I don't Mass? Know about all that. Now I'm getting flustered. But uh, <laughs> I all butterflies immediately. And then, like I said yesterday about a different player, if girl, if he wanted to, he would. Yeah. Yeah, there's a vibe about Will Levis. I will just say yes. this. When he came out there and did the thing and like he it is very obvious. You see him going to the sidelines. He is pumped. Like that kid is He's excited. a confident child. Very yeah, much. And, yeah. and I think that gives us uh, from this perspective, it's like, man, I want to. That's the kind of guy I want out yeah. there. You know what I mean? So we talk about like having command of the huddle. And this is a tangent from aside from fantasy football here for a second. But uh, I spent a little bit of time with Will okay. and the presence is, I mean, unmistakable. Like. You spend we five minutes with the guy and you're like, he's clearly yeah, this guy, like maybe, I don't know if he's best friends with every team he's ever had. I'm sure no quarterback is. I have no idea. But like, I bet if I were playing with Will Levis, I'd be a little more fired up than I would be on average with I agree. other quarterbacks. This I guy, agree. he's got some juice to him. So anyways, that's an aside. But, Can I um, throw out a funny, interesting yes, DeAndre Hopkins We are a stat. comedy podcast. Oh, gosh. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not haha funny. Oh, uh, six of Levis's touchdowns have been to DeAndre Hopkins. What was, who got the seventh? Who was the seventh of Levis's seven touchdowns to? Six Ooh, to Hopkins. Ooh, that's who a was great a question. All right. I'm, I'm going to so, say Nick Westbrook Akine. No. Okay. So not him, not D Henry, not Tajay Spears. Chris Moore is an, I'm going to reserve the right to answer Chris Moore at some point. Not Chico Conquo, as we know. Um, sorry. Thanks. Um, Traylon Burks. No, Wrong side I think of the it's ball. him. Oh, oh my God, gosh. Jeffrey Simmons. Yes. Wow. You did it. That was it. Jeffrey once Simmons, once you say little, that, it's like, yep, that touchdown. Yeah, that that two yard touchdown pass mm -hmm. to Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, I am nervous though. I just mentioned you know the possibility of Ryan Tannehill starting. I think the fact that they've been eliminated from the playoffs, it could be a Malik Willis week. Yeah. Which, hey, let's at least see it. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be the future of your franchise, right? He's so, not. He's so you want to know whether well. or not Malik Willis can potentially be a backup, backup for yes. you, right? You yeah, I'm being that. selfish here because in a two quarterback league, Tannehill is my, uh, he's my, like, I guess my fourth or fifth quarterback, yeah. but um, 
my third and fourth are not very good. So uh, if something happens to Joe Flacco, Flacco, then I would be turning to uh, to Ryan Tannehill. I think you're, you're you're using the Baltimore pronunciation when you say that, right? Yes, like well, it's like the fla- like a Flacco like, Ravens. I don't think that's true. Or it's called Ravens. Yes. Joe Flacco, like yes, uh, Timmy Kirchin was it. saying it. Yes, yeah, just like uh, Kirchin. Anytime yeah. I do anything like Timmy K, I'm okay with it, guys. For what it's worth, greatest hey, person. Last thing before we talk about Monday Night Football. What if I told you? No, God, don't say it. That Easton Stick, Nick Mullins, and Joe Flacco would outscore Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, yeah. and Trevor Lawrence in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Don't take this back right now. It was absolutely bizarre. The highest scoring quarterbacks for the week. I think there were five that scored over twenty fantasy points. Eesh. The only one that we were considering starting was Brock Purdy. But yeah, I mean, it was a crazy week, Daniel, a wild week, wild week. week. Any quarterbacks that you have in there that you think are worth being frustrated over field or (laughs) Uh, I love you. You how about you? I mean, yeah, I got I got I got a whole laundry list. All there. of those quarterbacks, Patrick yes. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, everybody that's in that list. Like I, I there are maybe not Trevor Lawrence, maybe the but like no still, Lawrence. We, we loved him as a, I loved him as a value coming into the season. Like that is mm-hmm. that is so frustrating here. Week one of the playoffs. This is so indicative of what fantasy football feels like. It is. Why do we even play this stupid sport? Because you've got a guy like Joe Flacco or Nick Mullins that comes yeah. in and scores more fantasy points than the superstar that you've been riding all season long. You know what? I bet Liz can help confirm if this is the right use of this word. Is it called masochism? Masochism? Masochism. Masochism. There you go. That's why. Right? You set me up for that. Because you're a masochist. We're all masochists. Yes. That's That's why. why. Speaking of, and one last thing on backup quarterbacks, it sounds like Jake Browning officially got the random drug test after getting yeah. his third win in a row. Did Don't know he? if that's going to impact anything. Jake, moving he's forward. really imposing. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's other than like maybe Jalen hurts. He's probably the most physically imposing quarterback in the NFL. You're not wrong. I sat him in favor of Josh Allen this week. So that was the right play. I know. Yes. It, I mean, it worked Stings, out though. poorly, but yeah. the highest scoring player in all fantasy football is not benched in the playoffs. Don't you can't be frustrated though, Liz. I'll live with it. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dopp, Field Jates, and Liz Loza. We are going through our Monday night football preview. Guys, big updates here. First yeah. off, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Still sick. He's yep. not, not sick anymore. Still traveling different from the team. Yep. We do not have any updates yet as of right now. Yes. At 12.01 p.m., yep. we do not have any updates. Continue to watch that because if there is no Jalen Hurts, Field Jates, yep. How is this offense going to look different with Marcus Mariota under center? A lot worse. Uh, a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, just like, you know. Do you remember take, the Falcons from last year? Is yes, it going to basically yes. be that? Yes, I do. Um, so all the, uh, if you if you are like down by 25 with A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith left and it's Marcus Mariota instead, I do not like your odds. Good luck. Yeah. you got a chance if it's Jalen Hurts, obviously. Um, and I, I have, obviously don't know, but um, do you think that Jalen Hurts would fly all the way on a plane separate from his teammates to Seattle to not play? No. I think he plays. Now, do I also need Jalen Hurts <laughs> to somehow outscore A.J. Brown by at least 25 points to yes. win a quarterfinals matchup? 25, outscore A.J. Brown? Correct. So he's got to do all of his damage not using his number one wide like receiver. Like four rushing touchdowns <laughs> would be great. <laughs> okay. Hey, yes. if there's one quarterback you that might get four it. rushing touchdowns, it would be Jalen Hurts. I wonder here, do we know if Geno Smith is going to play? Well, that's the other side of the conversation. Yep, period. We could be watching on this flex game. We could be watching Drew Locke and Marcus Uh, Mariota. Yeah, I'm here for Drew Locke. I I actually think Drew Locke and his arm and DK Metcalf against the Eagles secondary could be sneaky productive. Even without Geno Smith, I am in on these pass catchers for the Seattle Seahawks because of how bad that Eagles secondary is. We have the Jackson Smith and Jigba breakout game. Oh, that'd be nice. It it would be lovely. I actually, but... Jackson Smith and Jigba was peppered by Locke last week, but his YPR was horrible. There wasn't much yardage. I actually think that Tyler Lockett is the play this week because he plays both in the slot and outside, and the Eagles are actually more generous between the numbers than they are on the Uh, perimeter by a little bit. So he gets the most range of uh, possibilities here. Eagles defense, obviously a little vulnerable right now. They uh, will not have Darius Slay. He's got a knee issue. He had surgery last week and they have changed play callers. Yes, Matt Patricia right. takes right. over as the defensive Oof. play caller for Philadelphia. So um, uh, that'll lead to some takes one way or the other tonight. Yeah. No two ways about that. 
For what it's worth, I know Fields, you need Jalen Hurts to score a bunch of points without AJ Brown. I need Zach Charbonnet to get me about thirty, give or take. I mean, in order to move ahead. How about Jalen Hurts throwing touchdown passes to Zach Charbonnet? Hey, I don't know how that's going to work, but I would be. In it's on not a, possible, but let's see if we can make it happen. We got fifteen seconds. Let's pick this game, Liz. You taking the Eagles or you taking the Seahawks? Seahawks. Thank you, Eagles. I will take the Eagles as well. Thank you, Liz. I don't you, like Liz, we all the same Liz team, here. so I'm glad that Liz did Good that Good luck on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I would love you guys. See ya. See you tomorrow. You took the Seahawks, Liz. Why Good not? luck, baby. I love Pride it. Pride and joy in Mizzou. I'm here for it. I wouldn't be it. surprised. I'm not going to lie. Like, If you're telling me backup quarterbacks, Drew Locke versus Marcus Mariota, then I might die. How much Dayquil can they pump into Jalen Hurts? <laughs> it's a long flight. Right. Probably a good amount. If you need a stick of Tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yate. Cause he's on TV every day. A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host, and everybody knows his name. He's Field Yates. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks. Predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.